Welcome to Define You Radio, After Dark Conversations, where real people have unfiltered conversations about the topics that influence the way we think, feel, and move. Each week, with your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace. Welcome to Define You Radio, After Dark Conversations. I am your host, Valencia Griffin-Wallace, and today we are discussing breaking generational curses, nurture versus nature, all of that good stuff, because at the end of the day, your DNA only makes up part of you. Joining the conversation is friend of the show, Queen Donna Barnes. Queen Donna, how you doing today? I'm fine. How are you? I am doing good. I'm doing good. Have big hopes and lottery dreams in 2021. Shoot, they playing. <laughs> I just I just need about 400 of the 400 million. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen. Yes, so we calling it. Put it out there in the atmosphere. So generational curses. If you want to go ahead and define that for the audience that may not know exactly what you know, what a generational curse is or like, what do you consider the definition of generational curses to be? Okay. So for me, I believe a generational curse is something that is passed down from our ancestors. Um, whether it's mom, whether it's grandmother, great grandmother, great, great grandmother, I believe it's trauma or beliefs, and things like that, that is passed down from those other generations that came before me. And that's whether they have dealt with them or not. Mm. I know in, in our family, I don't know if you would call it a generational curse or not, but all the women in my family, uh, my, my generation. So yeah, so like all of my, you know, mom's kids and everybody, like her sisters, you know, that kind of so the the generation right after them, everybody um got pregnant as a teenager. Mm-hmm. With the exception we we had we got one and she she's broken that, but that was like a thing. Like everybody seemed like everybody got pregnant at 19. Or, you know, so that that's a definitely an example of, and I don't know, like I said, if you would consider that a generational curse, it, it's definitely because none of us were married mm-hmm. when we got pregnant, but, um, except the boys, <laughs> the boys didn't, the boys in, in the family. And we're even talking about, um, uh, my son's generation, that generation as well, you know, started with the 19 year old uh pregnancy except the boys they not well you know knocking nobody up or whatever so huh, it's it's crazy to you know it's it's crazy like even thinking about that because none of us were prepared and hopefully you know with the younger generation like of course my son and i have a younger cousin their child free. So maybe it, it has broken. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um, 
one of the reasons I wanted to have this discussion is because a lot of people, and I've talked about it briefly, you know, not really openly or like a whole lot, but I am a foster mom. So that's why this conversation is really interesting to me because you see where kids come from and you bring them into a a new environment. You know, a lot of times kids are, you know, parents are on drugs, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of situation, but you bring them into a new environment. And I wonder like how much, what, what carries more weight, you know? Yeah. Like the, the addiction, especially some kids, you know, it's not just their parents. It was their parents' parents that was on drugs and, or different things like that. What do you think kind of carries more weight? Like, that part or the new healthier whatever environment i'm gonna be honest i really think it's both i i really do think it's both because what i will say is genetics is very important um but the environment in which someone grows up in is just as important um i do believe for instance Let's take somebody um, who might have had a mom that was addicted to drugs. So they were a crack baby. Um, I think, for instance, if they were still in that toxic environment, then it can hinder how they become as they grow older, because then that might be something that they get into because that's all that they know. So then that means genetics and the environment played a part on it. But Mm -hmm. if we take someone who has, let's say, for instance, if we take the Caucasian race, right? And then we have someone who grew up in the suburbs, but they schizophrenia because it was a trait in their genetics, you know? So then the environment again and the genetics play a part because that doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to be able to function in society because of the environment they grew up in, because then they still have the genetic part of the thing, you know, that can hinder their process or their progress. So I think both of them do have some type of effect on the person and what that person or how that person becomes in life. So not necessarily more one than the other, I guess it's more so of a balance because without genetics and you have the environment to consider, a person still cannot live up to full full potential and then vice versa. Mm, that's good. That's good. Because um, that's something, you know, of course, as a foster parent that I think about, that's also something, because, you know, you read stories and being a foster parent, it's its own little world. Mm-hmm. Um, it's even smaller for me because I am an introvert. And don't generally like talking to strangers, but you'll read and hear stories that, you know, of, of kids that were, uh, adopted, you know, in the foster care system and they were adopted, you know, young, but then still ended up turning out like, you know, their parents, whether it was drugs, alcohol, whatever. So it's, it's always, but on the other hand, a lot of you guys know my story and, you know, both of my parents were, um, were and are drug addicts. 
um, because my dad's still living and um, dealing with alcohol. And I, I have the tolerance for neither. And I do believe because I am a control freak. So I don't like things that make me feel like I'm not in control. So I think that's one of the reasons I never got involved in, um, you know, but I'm, I don't count when I was 20s and tearing the club up, you know, <laughs> I, was, I just, you know, you drink. But as far as like alcoholism and being a drug addict, and I think the thing that just made me, I think definitely being a control freak, my environment partially, but not really, um, I think was more of me being a control freak and realizing I didn't like things that made me feel out of control. Mm-hmm. And that's always a debate. You always see the nurture versus nature debate. And it's like, it's really like a toss up. You can't say which, you know, say which has more weight because that brings me to my next question. Because I know you know people, we all know people who have grown up in the exact <laughs> same environment, same, you know, love from their parents or same hate from their parents. Like the situations that they were raised in was the exact same. They're in the exact same household, but they turn out completely different. Why, why do you think that happens? This is just me. <laughs> but I think it has to do with motivation. I also mm-hmm. think it has to do with the mental stability of that individual as well, because mm-hmm. two people can, like you said, come from the same household and <laughs> listen, they, they can come from the same household or the same area and then they'd be completely opposite. So me looking from um, my family, I know like me and my sister had, some dealings that we, you know, we had in common, me and my brother, you know, we all came from the same mom, you know, my brother wasn't raised with my mom as long as me and my sister was, but Mm -hmm. I don't think he had to endure some of the things that me and my sister had to endure either. But to say that, I definitely think it has to do with the motivation because if a person is motivated to want to be something different, to do something different, to not be like that parent or to get out this certain type of environment, guess what? They're going to do that. But if you don't have that motivation to do that, if you don't see anything wrong with your environment or better yet, even if you do see something wrong with your environment, but you're just not motivated to change that, then you're not going to do that. I think it's all about the hustle and the go-getness. It's not even a word, but... (laughs) (laughs) The word in 2021. Yes. But if you don't have that on the inside of you and bring that out, then that's why things turn out different, you know, completely different for other, you know, each other because they're not on the same level. And then one decided to do something about their situation and the other, they might've decided to do something, but not to that great length. Mm. And I never thought it, thought about it. From um in in that way, like mentally, right? Like how you just summed it up so eloquently um <laughs> with the with the motivation and those things. And it brings and I hope I'm using this term right, 
but I think it's called like um, learned helplessness. Mm-hmm. And I think that some people, I'm trying to see, and I'd have to explain what, to me, the, the term sums itself up. But it's it's kind of, I guess, almost like a victim mentality, you know. And when I look at, you know, my environment and people that grew up the same way, because just over the course of years, I've met a lot of people that grew up very, very almost like lived my life. Mm-hmm. And, a, and a lot of them, you know, are on on drugs or living in poverty or different things like that. And I always wondered why me you you know what i'm saying like what made me different and i think that you know you kind of hit the nail on the head and it's like i re- i refuse to believe i couldn't do anything about whatever mm-hmm. if that makes sense you know i say things my own way no and it, it does make sense it, it it definitely does make sense um because you you want it different but if you don't want anything different, of course, you're not going to go after something different. Mm. It's interesting because literally, um, I don't know anybody else like me that is related to me biologically. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounded good. That sounded real politically <laughs> correct. <laughs> I am. I am different. I think this is one of the reasons people assume I am an only child. And I have, you know, a real sibling and I got half siblings. And it's just like either like I'm I'm completely different. I'm like a whole different person. Um, me and I have a older half brother. Shout out to Dominique at Soapbox Corner in Baton Rouge. So a lot of people don't know. A lot of people are around the area know him, but don't know. Wait, like how y'all related? But um, that same hustle, mm-hmm. uh, and we have the same dad. That same hustle, that drive, that that thing that makes us that that hustle thing. I don't know how else to word it. Like both of us have that in us so like so deep, but the way we go about things the way we live our life um, past and probably present, you know, is like night and day. And so I was trying to figure out how me and him had more in common. We were never raised together and we, we share my dad's DNA. And then I look at me and, you know, my baby sister who have the same parents and me and him are more uh, more alike than me and her. So I guess my dad genes be coming through. <laughs> I don't know. Partially. Definitely. Yeah. And you just wanted something different. Both of y'all did. Y'all wanted more. Interesting. Interesting. Um, do you think the way people judge a person? Because I, I've been judge not now and it's crazy how people look at it different like it's something to applaud because my mom was on drugs and I've done this this and this with my life Uh versus when I was younger and people use that to judge me 
right? So do you think somebody being judged because of, you know, their genetics, their parents, where they came from, do you think that makes an impact on how they go forward in life? I'm going to (laughs) say, I would say, I would say yes, but then I'm going to also say no. And I'm going to explain why. So I say yes, because it depends on who the person that's judging you are. And, you know, if you really care about their opinion. So for instance, for me, I'm going to say yes, it made an impact on my life and how I proceeded because my grandmother used to always tell me, you're, you're not going to be anything but a bee in a hole like your mom. That's how mm-hmm. she would always, um, she would tell that to me and my sister. So in my mind, it's like, okay, I have to show you different. I have to prove you wrong. And it's mm-hmm. crazy because 2017 is when I start. No, that's when I graduated from Southern. So about 2016, I asked one of my professors, how do you stop trying to prove dead people wrong? Because I was, Girl, she had died uh, while I was in high school and I was still trying to prove her wrong. You said I was going to be this and no, I'm, I'm graduating with my second master's. I'm not going to be what you said I am. So in that sense, I would say that's how it had an impact on my life. So sometimes the way people do judge us can have an impact on our life in that sense. And then also in another sense, I said no, because... Who are well, people? Oh, go ahead. Before you go, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut in. Oh, you're fine. But I need to know what did he say? Because uh, I think a lot of people need to know that part right there. Mm-hmm. How do you stop yourself from trying to prove dead people wrong? Well, he told me that I definitely have to let that go because they cannot, they, they can't provide me that closure that I was looking for. So they mm-hmm. can't say, well, I'm proud of you. They can't say, well, dang, you proved me wrong. So Mm. that's just something that he said I personally had to work on for me is to Mm. stop trying to prove them wrong because it's not affecting them. They're dead. It's affecting Mm. me. Mic drop at that right at that moment. (laughs) They dead. You can't prove them wrong. Let it go. That's for somebody that's listening to the show. Okay, so the reason why you say no. (laughs) Um, The reason why I say no is because those people or the people that judge you, we got to look at how beneficial they are to you. Like, what are they doing for you that we even care about their opinion? Mm. You know, so getting to that place, because a lot of people, you know, probably... um, I think a lot of people say things, especially when they're judging, and you could either let that hinder your progress or make you propel, like my grandmother, which she said, like it made me propel. But if it hinders your progress, then who is hurting you or that person? Mm. So getting to that place to where we, we look at those things and not let what someone say impact us to that extent to where we are staggered, uh, stagnant and not progressing because they're still progressing. That's just like having a hater. A hater is going to say what they need to say to keep you back and they move mm-hmm. forward. Mm. And I'll, I'll say this um, as somebody that, that was judged, probably still being judged, um, but I had to, for my own 
well-being, I definitely just stopped caring. Um, and if you knew knew me or, you know, especially when I was younger, if you know me now, because part of it's still there, but I <laughs> literally, I, I just stopped caring. Um, because I think when you, when you expect so much out of people or people that supposed to love you and speak into you and they do the opposite, you know, it's kind of like eventually you get numb mm-hmm. and, you know, good, bad, or ugly me getting numb and just stop caring is what saved me now from there, because it, it, it wasn't just one area of my life. I literally had to get numb in all areas. And so some, some areas that was good, some areas that wasn't. Um, but because I basically cut off my emotions, cause I've literally had people that I was in relationships with when I was younger to that told me like, you have no feelings. <laughs> I laugh about it now, mm-hmm. but I literally had to cut my feelings off to save myself and I right, wrong or whatever. I don't apologize for it because it saved me. Now, when I opened the door a little bit for my feelings, then it it, it came to that next point of I'm about to prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. But still, like I opened the door a little bit because I still honestly kind of just don't care. And like, I care about very, very little things and none of it is other people's opinions Uh with the exception of like, you know, with my husband and and with my son. And I don't know if if that was good or bad. And in fact, me and one of my little cousins, and I'm gonna have to see if I could talk her into coming on the show one day (laughs) when you know, when it's, when it's your turn time to come on, that's a whole session. You, uh, you, I'll give you her email address to send her a bill. Cause I guarantee you that, <laughs> but that's one of the things that me and her always discuss. And I tell her all the time, you care too much. Mm-hmm. And she, she'll say T Val, like, you just don't care. You just don't say, I said, and it's not that I don't care. Um, it's just I speak the truth and move on. Like when my grandmother got sick and died in 2017, like I told my grandmother, you know, Mama, I don't want you to go, but I do want you to know when when you do, I'm never going to see any of your kids. Or that you know, like I'm completely disconnecting from this family. Mm-hmm. Um but I, I had a very open and honest relationship with my grandmother. She raised me a whole lot of years. Um, there was a point when she got sick and I told her, I'm going to tell you this because I don't want you to hear from anybody else. I'm about to call and curse out your, each of your kids and grandkids individually. So <laughs> that's the kind of relationship me and my grandmother had because she knew she knew who I was and I never did anything without a reason. Um but I was really at that at that point. To me, not caring means I could be more more honest. Yeah. Because I don't care enough to hurt somebody's feelings and I don't care enough to allow them to hurt mine. Mm-hmm. 
that's like a whole therapy session. Listen, and I used to be like that too. I I, I definitely used to, whatever. You saying that's not good. As long as you have a filter, sometimes I think it's okay. good. As long as you have a filter, sometimes I think it's good. Like I, I used to whatever I used to whatever used to come up came out when I was working on my bachelor's and I was in the criminal justice field then. And I never forget. I don't even know what I said to make the teacher even comment on what I said. But the mm-hmm. teacher told me I was ruthless. Mm. And I was like, <laughs> I had to go define that word. <laughs> <laughs> but when I saw the definition of that word, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I have to change. I have to change. I didn't want to be ruthless. I didn't want to be seen that way. Although I knew that's what I was portraying because I didn't care who feelings was hurt. That was on you. Now get out of my face with that. And I, I kept it pushing. But when he told me that I was ruthless, I, I, I took a step back and I really had to think about that. See, I'm not, I don't purposely, because when you said ruthless, I was like, oh, that's good. You know, I was thinking it was a, a good thing. I, I don't know. I'm going to look up the definition when we're done. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look at it like if I'm not hurting anybody and I'm not an attacker, mm-hmm. I'm a defender. So meaning any, anytime I've ever said something, it was a defense. It wasn't me coming out attacking. Well, so well maybe i'm gonna look up ruthless i swear (laughs) um but if you know bringing it back around to to general to you know generational curses or however you want to say it these these are traits that i get directly from my parents Mm -hmm. these are these and somebody would have to know them to to know that that combination that gumbo created me I'm definitely, you know, my my mom was very verbal and, you know, she just going to say what was on her mind. But she also was very nice and sweet, but she will verbally cut you. My dad was a little bit more of the silent crazy. You know how they tell you to watch out for quiet people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was probably crazier, you know, so that combination y'all made me. It's not my fault. I'm sticking to that. Um, So kind of bringing it back to generational curses, because I think about different things like poverty mindset. Definitely see it in my family. You see it, especially when it comes to people, you'll find it's generations of that family, like in the projects. Mm -hmm. How how can you break that? Like, how, how can you break that? You know, especially a poverty mindset. Because, you know, if your grandmother was broke and ain't own anything and her mama was broke and, you know, it go back and forth, then it's like, of course, you're going to have that mindset. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you how do you break a generational curse like that? I, I, for me, I really believe that you just have to shift your mindset. You really it goes back to really having that hustle on the inside of you and wanting something different. My mom never owned a home, so I made it a point that I was going to own a home. So, mm. you know, I think it definitely takes, okay, I don't like living like this. 
So when I get older or when I'm able to, I'm going to be able to provide for self. I'm going to be able to do things different. So definitely shifting that mindset, definitely putting in a lot of work. Yeah. Um, You got to put in a lot of work. And (laughs) if you don't put in work, you're not going to produce any results. Mm. So you would definitely have to put in a lot of work. If you know, you know, generational curses in your family, like people usually get pregnant at a certain age. Let's go mm-hmm. above that. Okay. Let's not, matter of fact, let's not even have sex until we're past <laughs> that age, you know, that, that they got pregnant. So it's definitely being aware of the traits of the patterns of the behaviors and making sure that we don't possess those same traits, patterns, and behaviors. Mm, that's good. I think you just have to make a more conscious effort definitely when it's when it's a generational curse like you have to consciously put in the work and know like you said with the house you know that's something you had to consciously be aware that this is something that never was done so I'm gonna be the one to do it and it is a little bit more work but then what you know what you did is you made it normal for your son so of course he's gonna my mom owned the house so I'm gonna own a house Mm -hmm. Done deal. Checkmate. So lastly, and I know a lot of people could could relate to to this because you want to change. You want you want to break the generational curse of obesity or poverty or whatever. What advice would you give someone that they want to change, but they have absolutely no support? I would definitely say don't give up. Keep going. Um, I would definitely say start. Put one foot in front of the other. Start. Whether we have support or whether we don't, whether we're scared or whether we're not, we're definitely going to have to start somewhere and put one foot forward because nothing's going to change if nothing changes. So if you're Mm -hmm. not doing anything to make that change, whether supported or not, then the change is not going to produce itself. So we're definitely going to have to try and put one foot forward. And guess what? Once you start putting one foot forward and you actually start trying and putting forth the effort, the right people are going to come along and support you because they're going to see what you're doing. They're going to want to be a part of that. So the right people would definitely support you. And I'm, I'm getting this shirt made and it's called Live Yours because you definitely want to live your life for you, not for anybody else. We're not doing what our parents wanted us to do. We're not going to college for what they wanted us to go to college for. We're living our life because our parents have already lived theirs. Our grandparents Mm -hmm. have already lived theirs. So we only get one life. We want to make sure that we live it to the fullest and be the best that we can be. So definitely just put one foot forward. Okay. So you getting a shirt made to sell to the public or just for yourself? I have questions. (laughs) Well, that's a whole marketable product. Well, I have to see. She's actually designing it for me. It was for okay. self, but when I got it, I was going to share it with the public in the in the event that they did want to get one. Okay, make them coins in twenty one. Yes. <laughs> and when soon as you number one, I need one. I'm not going to get one for my son because I want him. I'm still want him to do what I want him to do. Um, no, mama. <laughs> no, I, I'm definitely. I definitely got better. And steadily getting better last year and this year with that. But when it is available, mm-hmm. 
we will definitely make sure we put the links because I know I want one because it is one it it's one of them things that I don't have to say anything because it's almost like mind your business right and then I'm gonna point to the shirt right that's not so I'm already planning the outfit and how I'm gonna handle the shirt okay <laughs> yes don't play with me in I got 21. You. Queen Donna, it you always come with so much knowledge and make me have to think. I'm getting better though. So see, our, our friendship has helped me grow. Yes. I'm just saying it, it might be a little bit at a time, but I definitely, you know, appreciate that because that's what friends and the right associations do. They help you grow better, not live bitter. There you go. That's a whole shirt. That is. With that being said, <laughs> I'm gonna have to post that <laughs> and put a little C, little C around it. How can the audience get in touch with you, follow you, get some of your your good advice and all of those things? So you can follow me on Instagram at higher underscore above average 2015 or on my business page at gracefully purpose counseling. I'm also on Facebook at Donna Barnes, and I have a website, www.gracefullypurposecounseling.com. Boom, shakalaka. So, kings and queens, were you born into a generational curse? Are you breaking it? You working working on breaking it? Like, what are you doing? Because we all have them in some way, shape, or form. Look at your parents and everybody else and ask yourself what is the generational curse here what can i break it could be a bad attitude could be as serious as drugs i don't know so with that being said you can let us know on the the define you on ig and facebook thank you so much for listening until next time have conversations that mean something peace You have been listening to Define You Radio after dark conversations. If you learn something, don't keep it to yourself. Share it with your friends, family, and foes. Make sure you go over to defineuradio.com and subscribe for monthly giveaways and more.